0: Hi, this is Alexis from STEM kitchen and you're listening to the AT banter podcast.
1: Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT banter banter banter. Hey, this is of course the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, pulling off a perfect introduction we have mr steve barkley
2: yes yes i do
1: <laughs> and our cowbell player himself
3: mr ryan flurry yeah it's still ringing in my ears that was too close to my head
2: as <laughs> long as well, you're not well, hitting it with your head you should be fine
1: <laughs> well struck though i have to say that went off without it a was hitch. Yep. it was pretty solid yeah it was it was a good one that's uh, that's 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 eight years of practice that's, that's right fun. See, stay in school, kids. (laughs) (laughs) You, too, could pull off a perfect podcast introduction. Uh, Hey, how are you guys today? Good. Just great. Jim Dandy. Jim Dandy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here in Vancouver.
2: Yep, the croaks are coming up. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, are we going to get another one of those uh, springs where the cold weather comes back and just murders everything that's <laughs> run early
1: I know right like the weather's just so unpredictable now like it's just weird okay well I think we're ready to start the show what do you guys think sure let's do it why not well, okay well enough of that uh hey Ryan yeah Rob uh just what the heck are we doing today
3: Today, we are speaking with author and narrator, Richard Riemann, who is making illustrated children's books more accessible to all children. Welcome
1: to AT Banter, Richard. Thank you, Ryan. Great to be here. Hi, Steve. Hi, Rob. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. So before we really dive into it, maybe you can just give the audience a little bit of background on yourself and a little bit of background um, on what you're doing. Sure.
4: <clears throat> I, uh, I was a storyteller the moment I started to talk, and I was a writer, professional writer in second grade when I would write stories with my classmates' names in them and charge them a nickel to read it. <laughs> uh, so I got comic book money. So I've been a storyteller for quite a while. turned that into a career in radio news, actually, in Chicago and uh, New York and Washington, D.C., in the RKO Radio Network, uh, anchoring news, covering news. I was at the, uh, the hospital uh, when uh, John Lennon was pronounced dead in New York City and went uh, off to the towers and was there with the crowds in front of his home uh, in, in mourning. So I uh, I've got to cover some uh, some interesting stories along the way. Uh, then after 35 years of doing radio news, basically it got deregulated, which meant in the US that radio stations no longer had to carry news and public affairs and within 6 months 90% of radio news jobs were gone oh terrible <laughs> that's uh, that's what happened and i said okay what else can i do i'm i'm used to telling stories in front of a microphone okay i'll be an audiobook narrator i can do that i was an actor in high school you know and so why not uh, combine uh, those things so I became an audiobook narrator and producer for many years. Uh, wrote uh, the author's guide to audiobook creation, interviewing some of the top uh, narrators out there about what authors should do and uh, how they should do it. And then, uh, you know, I was a volunteer for Learning Ally um, and also a guide for blind skiers. So I got to be part of the blind community that way. And they said, you know, there's this huge gap in in the, the audiobook world. Children's illustrated books um, that, you know, little kids just don't have access to them unless they're in in Braille and not many children are learning Braille, uh, not as many these days. So I said, well, what if we combined audio description of the pictures just like audio description is being used in movies, TV shows, live theater, um, and describe, ritually describe all the pictures with a co-narrator. And so began imagination video books first then imagination story books, because we were doing both audio and video. The deaf community said, how about if we add If you do the pictures and we add sign language interpretation and captions, and then we said, okay, how about a downloadable Braille file to go also with the videos. So we've done all those things the past uh, two and a half years through imagination storybooks. And, uh, that's what got me to where I am now.
2: You know, my, my experience with writers in the past. So, so when you say got you where you are now, so you're, you're broke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well,
4: <laughs> running a nonprofit is not a very profitable thing. Um, and actually, I um, my nonprofit, Imagination Storybooks, just merged uh, January 1st into the described and captioned media program in the U.S., uh, which is funded by the U.S. Department of Education and run by the National Association of the Deaf. Uh, so they're now in charge of our video channel, and basically that has freed me up to do a for-profit company. Uh, you know, wow, like being able to charge money for things, um, and that's
1: uh, that's illustrated audiobooks. So that's what I'm
4: working on now.
1: Well, you know, this is one of those ideas that uh, it it just it it kind of boggles my mind a little bit that it's taken this long for someone to think of and someone to pull the trigger on because you you're absolutely right it this is a really really huge gap because you know if you think about the the audiobook sphere you know that it, your audiobooks in general that that's great we can we can create those as an option for people um and adult books it's it's no big deal but for children's books that are always so illustratively rich and and vibrant and that's a lot of the appeal to to a lot of children's books and to have no sort of accessibility built into that 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 is really a a huge gap so i i really love this work that you're doing it's
4: almost a different art form because we have the freedom with audio description to take our time, unlike, you know, the movies and TV shows and live performances where you, you have to put the AD in between the dialogue and sometimes very quickly and, and uh, you know, and, and succinctly. Well, we have the time to actually add to the story. Um, and we make sure that it blends together with coat co-narrators uh with the story and i know i have a few examples uh, because it's easier to uh uh, to show rather than tell um of of some clips of of, uh, some of the illustrated audiobooks we've done
5: in a bedroom with moons and stars wallpaper jenny noon sits on the bed and yawns and stretches the gray and white cat yawns and stretches beside her a telescope sits on a dresser under a window. A cat scratching post and toys are scattered about. One is a little green alien doll with pointed ears. Out of the window are peaked roof houses of a town and hills in the distance.
0: Jenny Noon's day started the same way as it always did. She made a cup of fennel tea, baked some flapjack oat bars, and washed her cat,
5: Luna. Her cup has a logo, I Heart Cats, on it. Luna sits among soapy bubbles as Jenny scrubs her head.
0: Then she set about polishing her star-catching net. Because Jenny had a very special job. She helped to make the moon shine at night.
4: So that's an example of what we are putting together, taking the rich illustrations and describing them. That was Tristan Snyder doing the audio description. Tristan, uh, our, our senior producer and uh, audio engineer and narrator and uh, um, all around audio genius, Pro Tools guy who's been blind since birth. Uh, and we try to employ as many blind, low vision or other or, or voice actors with other types of disabilities as we can to be part of our program. Right.
1: So just to get into the like sort of the, the technical components of this then. So what you're really doing is so you're taking because normally the the undescribed version of this would just literally be, um, you know, the narrator like t- speaking the text in the audiobook format what exactly. you guys do, you take that and then you add to that by adding this layer of um, image description. Is that is that right?
4: Yes, we are telling the story um, with word pictures. Uh, so that go with the text
1: that's already in the in the books. So even in that example, I mean, you can just you, you can just imagine with without that image description, just how much of a different experience that is. How do you choose which books um, you do this with? Like, is there is there a process? Do you pick certain types of books? Do do authors approach you guys? How does it kind of work? Yeah, we're always on the lookout for books that uh, feature
4: children with differences, not necessarily disabilities, but just challenges. Uh, And because we like uh it when children or you know a fox with cochlear implants uh is is the uh the star of the story um so we we pay attention especially to those kinds of books but once word got out we were doing this um authors started approaching us um, especially on facebook uh, forums and things like that wanting to get their books into accessible audio and video versions So in the past uh, couple of years, we've done uh, almost 200 of these videos. They're about 10 to 15 minutes long once you add the audio description. Um, You know, in some cases we've done stories that are just silly. Uh, They're not all, you know, the the serious stuff. And in fact, we've gone uh, back into the public domain And in the past year, we did Winnie the Pooh, the accessible version. Mm. And uh, I was the narrator for that one. Uh, Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, about last Friday, Winnie the Pooh was walking through the Hundred Acre Wood. So and we got a cast of voice actors from an international cast. We had some Canadian voice actors as well as US voice actors. Uh, and um, we did Winnie the Pooh and all the characters. And um, we put the audiobook, accessible audiobook version on Audible and all the other audiobook websites. And it's a, still a bestseller after a year. It's made thousands of dollars in royalties for charity. So we're showing that there's an audience for audiobooks with audio description.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing about this, you know, really is that this this really benefits all kids. Um, you know, this really enhances and any of the uh, just the audiobook versions. I mean, there's really no reason that publishers sh- couldn't be taking this model and and building this out right at the at the um, the audio narration level.
4: Absolutely, um, <clears throat> we are building a ramp to yeah. make audiobooks. Children's Illustrated books accessible uh, to everyone. Uh, And that, you know, is the point we're trying to make is that please don't limit your thinking to just this being for blind or low vision kids. Come on. This is for all children now who can listen to an audio book in the car or over, you know, whatever Alexa device or whatever they have, however they listen on their phones they can now listen to illustrated books.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that maybe once, once the publishers realize that or, or th- this sort of creates a, a bit of a demand, hopefully maybe we, we will see publishers um, go in that direction. Have you had conversation with, with publishers and, um, you know, what kind of response are you, are you sort of getting, getting at that level?
4: Yes, I've had many conversations with the top audiobook publishers. In fact, I'm a member of the DEI committees for both the Audio Publishers Association and the Independent Book Publishers Association. So I'm trying to work from the inside. And overwhelmingly, the reaction has been, it's wonderful that you are doing this. We don't see the money in it. We don't think that there's enough money in short audiobooks because Audible subscribers probably won't use their monthly credit on a 15 minute book. We don't believe that this is going to be a profitable venture. So that's why I've set out to show them they're wrong. Yeah. Um, we partnered with Dreamscape Select, uh, part of Dreamscape Studios. And, you know, they're. Taking our audiobooks and putting them up on on uh, Audible, on Libby, Overdrive, uh, all the, the uh, uh, library sites, uh, putting them on internationally on audiobook sites. So we are paving the way to
1: show the publishers, hey, look, you can actually make money doing this. That actually surprises me because that seems really short-sighted to me. What is the cost? To say, go in and create this, you know, this additional track for for a typical uh, book?
4: Well, you know, it it costs us about six hundred dollars U.S. And that's because we pay the audio description writer, Mm -hmm. the narrator, the narrator of the book, the audio editor. um, And then we add the video editor uh, and uh, captions and sign language, and a Braille file. So all in all, that's the, the big investment we make to make both the audio and video versions. But if we uh, provide an audio described script to the publishers, or an audio described script with a professional narration of it, then we're talking a couple hundred dollars. And that's why there is no real cost barrier to publishers who want to do this.
2: No, not at all. That that strikes me that that's a drop in the bucket compared to, you know, their other related costs to print publishing. Yeah, Yeah,
4: they can just add our audio description right into their audio production and into their system uh, and not uh, not heavy lifting.
1: So in a way, you guys are sort of creating this blueprint um, for them. it's hopefully like clue into the fact that um there's a there is a real demand for this well we're uh we're working on them and uh you know
4: we're just showing them especially with uh, the success of winnie the pooh right they can combine uh, many illustrated books by the same author into one audiobook. um you sure. know there are uh, take audiobooks of the same theme or similar theme about bullying or something and right. put them into one audiobook. So this is a way that it's being discovered now. The Library of Congress heard about what we're doing uh, and they, um, the, so they set up um, they purchased 100 of our audiobooks uh, to put in the
1: uh, in the bard player uh for uh, for the blind in the u.s so we're starting to get the word out what type of reaction have you gotten from some of the authors the authors love it um they are overwhelmingly you know
4: in the, the piece we played there was a little bit about a uh, little green alien doll or something the author had never noticed that was in the picture until it was described. Uh, so we're, we're adding to their work and creating another dimension uh, of their illustrated uh, book. So they're thrilled with it. Um, but we don't want the authors to be the ones that have to pay to produce these books. So that's why we're, you know, we're looking for corporate sponsors. Um, and, you know, seeing if we can go to small publishers at least and say, you know, let us do 20 of your books, 50 of your books, because we have volunteer narrators lined up from around the world, as I mentioned, Um, you know, Bruce Horak, who played the blind alien uh, in uh, Star Trek, uh, the latest uh, Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's our scarecrow in our new production of The Wizard of Oz. Right. Um, the uh, actually area Let's see if I get her name right. Area Mia Liberti, uh, who is the star of the Netflix series. All the light we cannot see
1: oh, yeah.
4: is our Dorothy in our Wizard of Oz. So we have actors from around the world who have given their voices uh, to create a new accessible version
2: of it. And that will be out in a few months. Wow. Fantastic. Have you done anything with uh, graphic novels? You know,
4: (laughs) that's Tristan, my friend, uh, whose voice you heard. That was the first thing he asked, can we do graphic novels? You know, you talk about another gap uh, in that's out there in the world. You know, and, uh, you know, I would love to. But they are so richly illustrated. Yes. That uh, bottom line, it becomes um, not just a little 15 minute book. It becomes, you know, a real production uh, for us. So we haven't yet touched graphic novels but you're right i mean uh, there's a perfect opportunity for someone uh, to add audio description to graphic novels and make them into audiobooks i mean just imagine uh, the the audience for that
1: yeah oh, absolutely well and i feel like this is a this is an area that we have seen a lot of growth in, especially in the last 10 years. Um, just audio description in general. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that even having an audio-described movie or a TV show um, was was a real big deal, and now um, it's it's more common. I mean, it's it's very rare that that you see any any big show you know, come down on Netflix without audio description or, or, you know, a movie being released. So, you know, we we are seeing it more and more. So I feel like this is the perfect time for something like this to really take hold, you know, into publishing and to try to get some movement here.
4: What's nice about our effort is that audio books are a standard format. So you don't have to struggle to find out whether the movie is described on Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever service that you're you're listening to, whether the you know the the DVD has audio description. I mean, right now the world is a little bit of Tower of Babel because there are so many different companies and different ways of providing audio description for movies and TV shows. Whereas with audiobooks, there is one standard and it's across all audiobook
1: formats. I'm also curious to learn about sort of the licensing of all of this and, and how that part of it works, because, you know, things like the Marrakesh Treaty, I know that it allows um, people to, you know, make books accessible Without having to pay, you know, licensing and all that. How does that work for you guys?
4: Yes, we've taken advantage of the Marrakesh Treaty to do some of the popular books, including The Little Engine That Could, uh, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, um, You See, Dragons Love Tacos. Uh, (laughs) Many, many of these books that uh, basically as a nonprofit, we have the right had the right to uh, to produce under the Marrakesh Treaty. Um, and as long as we don't sell them, that's the drawback is we can't uh, make them into audiobooks and pay royalties to the authors mm. as we do with their works. But as far as copyright goes, um, the authors always retain their copyrights. We do an agreement that just says we have the right to distribute the audio and video versions. And in fact, with the Describing Caption Media Program, dcmp.org, blind children, deaf children, their parents, their educators can register on the site for free access to not just our illustrated books, but also many, many other uh, things that uh, are um, excellent education things with audio description. And, uh, you know, if uh, your um, sometimes the because it's a U.S. education uh, funded program. Right. They get a little, you know, eh, you're Van- from Vancouver, um, right. and it's like, well, if you just explain, you know, basically, they will provide a code uh, to to anybody who really asks, and uh, you know, we. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, put in my contact information. I can provide a code to any Canadians who want to make sure they get access to dcmp.org.
1: I mean, that just goes to show you that I mean, this is this is really important stuff, and this this is actually something that you know we should look at recreating here in Canada because uh, you, and a resource like this, I can't even explain how impactful this is. And,
4: you know, we made it a point for professional production uh, to get professional narrators, professional audio description writers who write for Netflix and HBO and and all the TV networks. They're the people who write our audio description. And, you know, the difference between that that live, you know, on the fly – and a, a highly produced version. Let's, uh, let's play another sample of uh, this book is Alexander the Avoider. It's about a, a little boy with sensory processing disorder. So it's a little unusual, but this is Alexander the Avoider.
0: Alexander was a little boy with a big spirit and an even bigger heart. He loved his mommy, daddy, and sisters very much. And he made sure to tell them all the time Alexander lays on his daddy's back on a couch and hugs him around the neck. Alexander especially loved giving hugs and kisses, but not always receiving them. Sometimes he would get really anxious and push people away, even his mommy and daddy. On the floor on his knees, his daddy reaches out to Alexander who motions him away. But he never meant to hurt their feelings. Alexander also loved dinnertime because he got to be with his whole family, and that made his heart really happy. The family smiles as Mommy brings food to the table. Already on the white tablecloth is a bowl full of salad with green and red vegetables. Sometimes he would get extremely uneasy when his Mommy gave him foods that looked squishy or icky. His mommy sits with Alexander at the table as he frowns at a glob of yellow food on his plate. But he never meant to frustrate her by refusing to eat the food that she made him.
4: So that's an example of a a book about a a child with sensory processing disorder um, that normalizes it. And as you can tell, you know, we weave the pictures the descriptions of the pictures right into the story to try to have it
1: be as seamless a story as possible and you know what really strikes me too and you kind of forget about this as an adult um or at least i do but you know kids engage with these books very differently than than we you know engage with books you know when we're older they don't just read them once and then you know put them down or, you know, put it on a bookshelf and never read it again. They engage with them over and over and over again. And for people who might think that, oh, well, you know, the an, an audio, accessible audio version of a, of a children's book would replace, say, a braille version or whatnot. That's I, I don't think that that's the case. I mean, a, a, a really, you know, a kid who is partially sighted or blind could listen to the audio version and then go engage with the braille version of the same book and have you know, a different experience, and and still really enjoy themselves with it. So, you know, it's not even really a matter of of replacing one with the other. It's just more of an enriching experience uh, based on on which one they're they're reading at the time. And that is why we also
4: provide a downloadable .brf braille file. Uh, oh, wow. with 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 our videos at DCMP, uh, because um, kids can experience reading along with the book, with audio description yeah. if they'd like on their on their reader or even if they have a, a Braille printer printed out. Uh, so so we're, you know, making sure that that is part of the richness of the experience
3: one of the issues we in the blindness community have faced when it comes to audio description is knowing as you mentioned earlier what titles actually have ad i can't tell you how many times i go through netflix looking for a show that has ad just to find out it doesn't so i flip to the next title and the next title and the next title till i find one um, and then do i enjoy it do i carry on you know it can be a bit of a nightmare so if you're looking on Audible, is there a tag or is there a way to know which books actually have your audio video components?
4: Well, it's interesting because I have been in discussions with Audible. Um, we are adding the AD logo to the cover of all of our audio described audiobooks. And they have told me um, inside sources, that when we get to enough books they will add an audio described audiobook category searchable uh for for audible they want to make sure we have dozens of you know at Mm. least of of the books available because they don't want people to be disappointed if there's only five. Um, so,
1: but we are working with Audible to make that happen. So really what, what kind of schedule do you have? Like, how long does it take to produce one? And you know, how, how often are you sort of adding new, new titles to the library?
4: Uh, we have been averaging two books a week. Uh, for the past uh, couple wow. of years, and uh, that's that's an easy pace to keep up with. with and we actually could do more than that um, if we had uh, the the funds for it, um, because we have Um, We have audio editors, narrators, uh, some of whom are some of the top narrators, like in the U.S. Uh, Johnny Heller was Winnie the Pooh, and he is a a golden voice of the 20th century. So the uh, yeah, it just is really um, amazing that a lot of these um, narrators volunteer their voices, which keeps our costs down. And almost everybody is doing it in a booth at home. Uh, and these books are, you know, 10 to 15 minutes long, so it's not, uh, not heavy lifting for them.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know, that's, I have to say that, you know, that's one thing that came out of COVID, right? This, this whole shift to, to online and a lot of people just went out and bought like really high quality uh, audio production equipment, um, for their home and yeah, really have, have like basically recording studios, you know, in their living rooms or their, their bedrooms. Has that really made this a lot easier to happen than, say, maybe if if you're attempting to do this, like, say, 10 or 15 years ago?
4: It has um, because although we have an agreement with one of the major uh, studios in the US, Edge Studios, they have studios in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Atlanta, uh, many places. They uh, actually um, give us recording time in their studios. If we bring in a voice artist who does not have a home setup, up, uh, they can record at their facilities. Um, and, you know, it takes about an hour and they're, they just donate the time. So the Edge Studio people, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's great because not all uh, blind or low vision voice actors have access, have you know, booths at home and happen to be voice actors too. This way we can reach into theater actors and just bring them into a local studio uh, and, and record it.
1: So talk to me a little bit about because you mentioned that, you know, you're sort of you've spun this, the, the nonprofit side of this off to uh, described and captioned media program. And now you're sort of taking a stab at the, at the nonprofits or the for-profit side, rather. Um, how is that going? I, I know it, this just all just happened, but um, what's what's that process been like for you and how is it going? Yeah, well, I mean, we are just starting, you know, we're finishing up the website illustrated audiobooks,
4: but we're very excited about the possibilities. Um, uh, the I put one fo- post on Facebook in a children's uh, illustrator group a children's author and illustrator group. And I've had dozens of requests for more information. Um, so we know that there is an audience for this because we have set it up through Dreamscape Select, our partner we are going to price these audiobooks at ten dollars and the author will get between two and four dollars in royalties per audiobook sale so that is uh, how we feel we can get more authors to just say sure I, I'll I'll put hundreds of dollars in to get a return on my investment of, of royalties and the royalties are paid directly to them so it took a while to set up you know this system to uh, to to make it work very easily for everyone and of course we um, in addition to the audiobook we promote that for just a couple hundred dollars more they can we'll create the video for them with uh, with sign language and everything else they own the rights to the audio and video and can use it to promote their books. Right. Uh, and when you put it on audible, the audio book will be on their Amazon author page on the book page. Um, so it will be available right next to the paperback and hardcover
1: and ebook versions. Wow. That's brilliant. I don't see how this could not just take off because it's it's a win win all across the board. These books are really important to really have in a, as many different formats as they can because if you think of the way that you, you you read children's books, I mean sometimes for a kid to to listen to the the described version of it. You're activating your imagination much more than if you're just sitting down and looking at an illustration. As beautiful as a lot of the illustrations are, it's just a different way of engaging with it that you can you can read quote read at different times, whether it's on a walk or in the car or whatever. So it's just you know it's it's it really is one of these moments where I just I slap my forehead and go, why didn't we think of this like 20 years ago? This should be should have been happening.
4: Well, it just yeah I. When and it took uh, members of the blind community to tell me as a narrator, um, you know, this this is such a missing area in audiobooks. You know, is there any way you could do something about this? And as it turns out, ironically, uh, I'm losing my own eyesight. I have a, a progressive glaucoma and I've had a couple surgeries already and going in for a couple more. Um, so I'm becoming a member of the low vision community. Um, and, you know, it, it's important to me personally, um, as well as professionally, to make sure that uh, we get as many illustrated
1: books out there in audio as possible. I mean, I was going to ask you what's next, but I think your your plate kind of sounds uh, pretty full um, with spinning up a, a new company. But yeah. other than that, do you have anything else that's sort of that, that, you know on the horizon for you? Well, for me, yeah, I've decided that uh,
4: at my age, and you know, I'm over 70 now, um, <laughs> I would become a Children's Illustrated book author myself. Oh, really? So oh. I wrote The Day the Clouds Went Away. It features a blind princess... And her um, clumsy wizard, Fumbledore, uh, she has a guide owl named Iris, and she decides to order the clouds to go away. And in fact, I, uh, of course, am turning that into an audiobook with audio description. And we happen to have a sample of that, too, the day the clouds went away. Princess Claudia had a glorious party planned soon for her eighth birthday. She loved the brightness of blue skies, but when a huge black cloud blocked out the sun, she worried that rain might come and ruin her carefully planned party. Princess Claudia turned to her wizard, Fumbledore.
5: In the garden, Fumbledore uses his magic wand to sculpt bushes in a shape like an owl. A round fountain stands in the center of a maze and an arched arbor has a cover of draping yellow leaves. Princess Claudia smiles as she sniffs flowers on a rose bush.
0: Fumbledore,
5: she commanded,
0: I have never seen clouds, but they make loud thunder that hurts my ears and they make it rain. So I order you to make them go away.
4: Fumbledore didn't think it was a good idea, but he loudly
5: cast the spell. Claudius disappears. Fumbledore points his wand toward the ominous dark clouds roiling above the castle. Its beam of golden light tangles with a bolt of lightning.
4: Not being the most graceful of wizards, he stumbled and dropped his wand mid spell. Oh dear, I don't think I did that right. He was correct, for out of the sky came a smiling, wispy cloud. Hello, Princess.
5: I'm Cyrus McSyrus, a cirrus cloud. Princess Claudia and Iris look into the sky, where the wispy cloud floats with a smile.
4: That's my my book, my uh, my narration, and actually, my daughter Erin is a, an audiobook narrator too, and she was the voice
1: of Princess Claudia. Oh, I love it! I Family love it. project. Let me tell you, we're in Vancouver, so we could definitely use that spell. Especially <laughs> <February>. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: the dark clouds yes well, well the, like, the sequel this book was will be out next month in March um right. and uh the sequel is already written The Day the Bees Went Away oh my gosh wow the sequel already wow. yes what <laughs> would happen if uh basically there weren't any bees
1: um so that's uh that's also in the works fantastic so and I, want to, I just want to make sure we, we get people as much information as we can um, on where they can go to access all of this amazing content and where, can they, where they can go to sort of keep an eye out for uh, the day the clouds went away. Um, so w- where, where's the best place to, to go to sort of begin their journey um, w- with a lot of the successful audio?
4: Well, begin your journey at D C M P described and captioned media program dot org dcmp.org and if you put in imagination storybooks you will have access to about 200 uh, video versions that have the audio description and the option to turn on ASL, uh, the American Sign Language and captions. Um, so that's the, the the first stop. And as I said, if people have trouble accessing it, registering it, they can contact me directly. I'm uh, Richard at IllustratedAudioBooks.com. So that's my email address, Richard at Illustrated Audiobooks, plural, dot com. And I'm also building a website. It's theaudiobookwizard.com with the word the, theaudiobookwizard.com. And that's where I'll have uh, ways to purchase my book and also sign up to get any illustrated book made into an accessible audiobook
1: or video book. Excellent. And we will make sure that we include all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Richard, thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking with us. I, thank you for all this work. Uh, I mean, this is I, I can't even tell you how impactful this is going to be. And um, I, I'm really excited to share this with my network as well and my organization. Best of luck with with the book and, and everything. And please come back and, and talk to us again. Uh Maybe when uh, the second book's ready, when the second book ready and,
4: and when we have the Wizard of Oz uh, yes. ready to come out, because uh, yeah. I think that one's going to hit big, especially yeah, the fact that we have a recognizable blind star uh, playing Dorothy. Yeah. Actually, the entire cast of voice actors is blind or low vision for the Wizard of Oz. We decided to do that as a as a special project. Fantastic. That's so cool. Thanks guys for coming on board and uh, giving me uh, time to talk about myself. You guys have a great evening now. Take you care. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. Oh, there you go. This is honestly exciting. Um, it really I, is. Yeah. Like again, like this is just, it's stupid that we hadn't thought of this before. And we, I mean general society.
3: Well, well and maybe somebody did think about it, but again, it was like audio description. It was a long uphill battle before it became adopted. Yeah. And still not everything has audio description. It's still a fight that continues
1: on. Yeah. Children's books in general, like they, they're, they're so illustrative, really rich. It's amazing that even when publishers sat down to create the audiobook version that they just like read the text. And they didn't actually you know, describe the pictures. Like, it, why? Why not? You know, and the real the real irony of it is is that I think that um, I mean, really, the publishers have it in their power. They could make these accessible right from the start. Right at that, you know, they're sitting down and they they have the 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 narrator, the storyteller, the actor. Uh, reading the text in there in the recording studio all they need is um uh, an additional script for the audio description track and they could record it right there again like it's it's not even it wouldn't even be an added cost I mean maybe a little bit like Richard said a couple hundred bucks um when you compare that to all of the other production costs I mean that's nothing
2: yeah, that part when he said between 600 and 200 bucks, my jaw dropped. I, I had no idea it could be done that inexpensively. I would have thought, you know, you know, yeah. paying, paying for the talent and that sort of stuff would have cost more than that. But I guess, you know, because it's it's short form literature, uh, it it's quite a bit less. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Amazing. yeah like i can't i can't imagine a publisher be like what 200 bucks oh god we've, we can't invest that in this like are you kidding me yeah they probably spend more than that on lunch out <laughs> yeah exactly like it's ludicrous right and it just it adds so much value to everybody again this isn't it you can't even really point to this and say this is a niche like this this would be only be useful for blind or partially sighted kids not at all like uh, it would really benefit absolutely every kid because you know then they would have some options they could read the physical book they could listen to the audio version uh i wouldn't be surprised to see this really take off
2: yeah and and you know he he mentioned that that author who hadn't noticed the alien you know for for other kids reading that book um there there may be a lot of things in that audio description that they might not have noticed you know Mm. that that could so it adds a a real richness for for not, not again not just you know the the kids with visual impairments, but for any reader.
1: Yeah, hundred percent for sure. And you just engage with it differently. Like even just listening to those audio samples. Um, yeah. it It fires your imagination in a different way that it doesn't when you're looking at the picture and reading the text, it's just, it's different. Yeah. It's very evocative. Yeah. So So I think it's better. I mean, I think it's better for kids it gives them, it fires up their imagination more rather than, you know, just seeing the picture. So it's cool. I do, I do kind of get what they're saying though in terms of like the audible subscription and people using like an entire credit for a children's book, I suppose they might have a point there. Well, it's not even so much that it's a
3: children's book. It's a 15 minute read. Sure. Right. Versus a 15 hour novel by John Grisham. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Totally different experience. And if you're using your one, you know, your one credit for a 15 minute book. Yeah. Hard
1: sell. But yeah, that is a bit of a hard sell. Um, But but I think he's right. I mean, there's a solution for that, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. bundle, either you just bundle it in or maybe a credit Lets you buy like ten children's books or something you know right. like whatever there's there's ways around it uh for sure they just they're yep. just have to have the the um willingness to do a little bit of work on on their side and and to make it happen so
2: well, it could be a whole wow.
1: different business model for, for Audible, yeah.
2: too, that they haven't considered, you know, some sort of, you know, kids credit or micro credit yeah. uh, versus the, the full on uh, credit for, you know, a, a novel length book. Totally. When so, yeah. you think
3: you would think because Amazon owns Audible that they have Amazon kids, right? They have their Amazon tablets for kids, Fire tablet. They have yeah. they have a whole kids category. So. If the book is showing up beside your Kindle book and your paperback book, absolutely. You know, there's no reason why they couldn't market it that way.
1: Yep, for sure. And I do, I do really believe that. I think the parents of, of, you know, visually impaired kids would totally pay a couple extra bucks more for a really rich, accessible, um audio book version of some of these children's books absolutely there's a, absolutely a market we pay five times more for
3: braille scrabble or monopoly than yeah, a typical yeah. board game at walmart so true
1: yeah for sure and that's that's even like they shouldn't even have to like that's that's even if the publishers were greedy and they really <laughs> you know wanted to try to make um you know a little bit extra money and recoup some of these quote extra costs um to producing these I mean, there's definitely a business case for it, for sure. Um, so, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, another five years that this is just it's it's now a thing. It's such a, a common thing that all new children's books um, have these versions. Um, but it just makes way more sense. I, they should just do it at the at the you know at the publishing level. I think, and maybe who knows? Maybe that's where where things will go. But you know, don't wait till Richards for-profit company is rolling in the dough before they'll actually pay attention and wise up damn it see I wish why didn't we think of this Cause, well, Cause because. we're not, we're not smart because we're dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're, just, we're just dumb yeah. <laughs> it's true. that does explain a lot explains a lot about this podcast uh well anything else to say about anything before we start to wrap things up Oh, I hear we have an Easter song
3: coming. Oh, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Steve wrote an Easter song.
2: Really? I, oh, well, I, I wrote the lyrics for it. I've got to actually sit down and put out put the tune together. But uh, I, I've got I've got ideas. I was I was humming it in the car today. I, I'm, I've, I've actually got <laughs> the chorus part of it. I've really got sort of yeah. nailed down. But but the uh, the the. The verses is is where I'm struggling right now. So i but I've got some ideas. I got some ideas. So excellent. Got to do a little more, you know, humming. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, let me know when you're ready. We'll have you over to record it. All righty. Hey, we're
1: Steve. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> where uh, where can people find us?
2: Well, people can find us at uh, etbanter.com.
1: Hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atbanter.com.
3: They can also find us on Mastodon and Facebook. Anywhere else? I don't think so. Uh, for now. For now. For now. Yeah, That's true. No. Yes. Not.
2: Isn't Mastodon uh, extinct? Uh, not yet.
3: No. The beast is.
1: The Beast.
2: Is I heard it? they. I heard they were bringing it back.
1: Maybe. Hmm. Are the accounts frozen?
3: Ah, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you and would. Steve are on
1: it today. That's and right. You know, all right. That is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, to Richard for joining us, and we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by
2: Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions, as well as physical access solutions and augmentative communication aids across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com, or if you're in the Vancouver Lower Mainland, visit our storefront at number 106, 828 West 8th Avenue in Vancouver. That's one block off Broadway at Willow. You can reach us by phone toll-free at 1-844-795-8324 or by email at sales at canastech.com.